Spirit can work through, obviously, adults, but also through little children, and they can use, be used to touch people. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Monica. Um, I have two adults that I'm going to mention. Uh, my first adult is going to be Chrissy Grover. Um, she, I got really sick this summer, and she was just there. I didn't, Chrissy, I didn't even have to ask her. She just appeared, appeared with open arms, and she's so loving. I'm so overwhelmed by the amount of love that I receive from Chrissy and Josh as well. I, I love your guys' family, and you guys really make me feel amazing and special and loved. Um, the second person would be Josh, uh, not Josh, ooh, Bob Bush. Um, I love Bob. Bob is my favorite. Every time I see Bob, I got to yell, hey, Bob. He just makes me feel seen. He makes me feel seen, and he, I, just, I just really love you, Bob. I appreciate you. You save the best for last. Oh. <laughs> um, I had this written down, but I left it at home. So hopefully I can explain this in a way that makes sense. Sometimes when I get nervous, I can't speak correctly. Um, so one of the few blessings I've had going to this church is very simple. It's something that I overlooked when I was younger, but nowadays I see it as one of the most significant parts of my life. Um, the two people I'm going to talk about is Pastor Steve and Pastor Dean. When we first started going to this church, both of them would greet me with a smile, with a handshake, and that was it. But being a 12-year-old, that didn't really mean anything, really, until I started to learn more about myself growing up. It's, it's a blessing having people that are willing to just impart joy to you and impart a, just a satisfaction for having you at their church, and just a simple smile. And now I've been smiling and greeting people, and it's been such a growth process. It's just, I, I'm so glad that they made that impact in my life, and it's just, it's made a huge difference. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You don't have to stay up for the whole thing. <laughs> So, you know, it might be a question in your mind, like, okay, why are we specifically um, talking about this? Why are we talking about relationships and why are we talking about the little things that have impact um, that could change the course of an individual's life? Um, the reason is, is I believe in a culture that we're living in right now where everything is about convenience, everything is about speed, um, everything is about really not connecting with each other. I mean, you can live an entire day, an entire life where you don't connect with anybody. You can, you can order your groceries online. You don't have to go in the store. Now in the medical field, you don't even have to go. They can, they can hook you up and they can track your heartbeat and your blood sugar and everything. Um, you can watch the service online. You can eliminate relationship all together, which is, I understand, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like, 
all this stuff is bad. A lot of this stuff has been good. It's been made for a purpose. But it's really easy to step into this and start not putting priority in the people around us. It's really easy to detach, to become disconnected, and to forget what all this is about. This is about relationship. We come together as a body to celebrate every Sunday. Christmas. Christmas is a celebration, but it's not something that we just do one time a year. We come together every Sunday to celebrate Christ, to celebrate our Savior, to share that together. And so today we're going to dig into the Christmas story a little bit, and we're not going to just look at it because unfortunately a lot of times we look at it and it's just this pretty story and we don't really look at the depth of it. Um, we don't really consider the things that took place. Um, so, and Max should have these verses up there, but we're going to come and flip on over to Luke. And we're going to go to Luke. Nope. Just kidding. Wrong page. We're going to jump over to Matthew. And we're going to look at Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And we're going to comb right through this. It might seem a little bit redundant, but I don't want to miss on everything here. And we're going to look at 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to the fill was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall give forth a child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates meaning God with us. God with us. It's relationship. He is with us. He came down to be with us. And this is probably not the most convenient thing, right? Joseph is betrothed to be married to Mary, and he finds that she's pregnant. He doesn't know right away, you know, so it's kind of like awkward, like, what are we going to do? He's pondering this. He's struggling with it, like, you know, I don't know what to do. We're going to send Mary away. But then the angel arrives, okay? I'm sorry, but it's probably not that comfortable when a angel arrives to tell you that you're wife is going to be pregnant. It's not your child. It's by the Holy Spirit. And this is going to be well known. Kind of awkward, maybe a little bit scandalous, right? Like, um, what are we going to do? But you know, what did Joseph do? Like we can read forward and we continue to look here. It says, and Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. He acted on it. God specifically chose Joseph called him out, placed him in this spot for this purpose, he could have said, no, God, I want nothing to do with this. No, this isn't convenient. This is too hard. I don't want to be part of this. This seems a little too weird. Give it to somebody else. But he didn't. He got up and he acted immediately. He went and he took Mary as his wife. And really, Joseph, I think a lot of times we can forget about. 
he was kind of the guy in the background, right? We have a lot of focus on Mary, but not so much on Joseph. But Joseph's focus was Mary. He was to take care of Mary. He helped her travel. He provided a place to live. He provided a place for her to give birth. He was there through all those steps. That was his purpose. There wasn't much acknowledgement in it. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't something like he got a lot of credit for. But God specifically chose him for that purpose. And going back to what a lot of these youth were saying, you don't know what God has chosen you for sometimes. You just need to say yes. You don't know what the end result is going to be. But you could be missing out if you don't say yes and show up. And so that's something I want you guys to consider. What is it that God has specifically chose you for? Are you a Joseph? Are you someone that God has placed in a situation that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but you could say yes, and he could do some mighty things for you, maybe bring the Savior into the world? Is that something that could happen? Let's go ahead and flip over to Luke. We're going to Luke 1, 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel went sent to God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was David, or sorry, Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one. Stop. Mary is not the only favored one. You are favored as well. She was specifically favored for this purpose, yes. But what are you favored for? What did God specifically choose you for? What is your calling? What purpose are you to fulfill? Do you know? And are you willing to walk it out? Mary is favored and so are you. We are favored. If you woke up this morning and you are breathing, it's because God spoke it. If you are here right now, it's because God allowed it. It has really nothing to do with you or us. You are here now for a reason. What is it? It's not an accident. And so we have an angel that comes to Mary and says, you are favored for this purpose. What is the purpose? The Lord is with you, he says. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. This is probably not convenient. Okay? This is not a convenient thing for Mary. Who thinks that pregnancy is convenient? Okay. Who thinks that pregnancy in a culture like this was at the time, not being married yet and being told that you have conceived by the Holy Spirit, who thinks that's a convenient thing? Probably not. Probably if she went out and told people, people were going to think she's a little bit crazy. Okay. Um, psycho woman. Like, you mm -mm, stay away from her. Okay, but what did she do? What did she say? If we jump down to 38, it says, And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She said, Yes. God called her out. He said, I have placed you here for this purpose. And she said, Let it be done. Are you doing the same in your life? So, let's jump ahead a little bit further. Let's look at, uh, let's go back to Luke. Luke 1, 
We're going to jump on over to Luke 2. One through seven. Now in those days a decree went out to Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabitants on earth. This was the first census taken while Quintus was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each of his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to, Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house of family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were complete, and she gave birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. I just kind of want to point this out a little bit. This is coming from a perspective of a husband. He kind of, like, honestly didn't plan this very well. <laughs> Man, really? Like, and, and, and Mary, you know, we don't have anything here, but maybe Mary said something. I don't know. But, you know, you know, maybe if you have gotten some reservations, maybe if you have planned ahead a little bit, you could have maybe thought this through, Joseph. You know, what kind of husband are you to have your wife give birth in a barn? Okay. You didn't think this through. But we don't see that, right? That didn't happen. They were a, a united front, okay, working together. There was no argument here. There was no frustration expressed here. They worked together. They both had callings that were tied in unison to be their present part of the birth of our Savior, and they did it together, even in the midst of struggle, even when things may not have been perfect, even if, you know, the facility that they were in at the time, which happened to be a barn, wasn't the nicest thing in the world. Sometimes I think we can get so distracted in the midst of our calling with the detailed things that don't matter, that we lose sight of what the ultimate goal is, to glorify our God, to welcome him in, to praise him, to worship him, to be together in that process. Who likes to celebrate alone? Anybody celebrate their birthday alone and think, oh, that's fantastic. I want my birthday alone. No, when we're celebrating something, we do it together. Um, I know like many times growing up, we, at my grandma and grandpa Binders, we, all of us cousins would get together and uh, it was always a teamwork thing. No one expected grandma Binder to do all the dishes, okay? Everybody partook, every part, everybody participated helping facilitate this celebration. And when we got together, it wasn't about the gifts. Grandma and Grandpa Binder couldn't afford gifts for all however many grandchildren she had. Okay? She was able to get something small for all of us. But that's not why we were together. We were together to celebrate the birth of our Christ and to celebrate relationship, and it wasn't convenient. We actually had to go our way. We had to help a little bit, and we had to show up. As a kid, my excitement had nothing to do with the gifts. It had to do with being my cousins and playing outside in the dark, playing hide-and-seek. That's everything I got excited for, was to be together. It was that relationship. It had to do with relationship. And so we can see here that Joseph and Mary have a relationship. They're functioning together, and they're working together to accomplish something, even if it didn't look pretty. 
and they were still able to bring our Savior into this world and to worship him in a barn where it probably stank a little bit, where it was probably messy and there was animals everywhere, but they weren't distracted by that. They were focused on what the purpose was. So then we can slip on, slip on over to our shepherds if we want to jump on over to Luke 2, 8 through 16. Let's see here. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Let's see here. In the, in the same region, there was some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. For the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring a good news of great joy, for which will be for all people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in slotting clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with them angel of multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace on my men, with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone from them in heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had made known to us. We don't really know. I mean, yes, it says that the shepherds were near and God, the angels appeared. God specifically chose them. We don't know why God chose them. But God chose them. God chose you. You don't need to sit and contemplate, oh, I wonder why God chose me. No, God chose you. And these are shepherds, okay? They were like not the most popular people in the culture at that time. They were kind of the nobodies, okay? They might have been maybe slightly socially awkward. They'd been out in the fields, out in the mountains with their sheep, talking to really nobody for months on end. They probably didn't smell that good, okay? Um, and God chose them to be part of the day that the Savior of the world was born. And, you know, they could have said no. It wasn't convenient. In fact, it was kind of scary. Okay, They're out in the field and all these angels appear. That could have been enough right there. They could have been saying, mm, well, that was eventful. I about had a heart attack. I think I'm going to call it good. Like, you know, I don't need to go see this baby. It's not that great. We already know it's the Savior being born. Fantastic. They could have been, no, we don't need to go. But they went. Why? Because, one, they wanted to be together, and because it was a celebration, and because it had to do with our Savior being born. It was the purpose. It was the purpose that mattered. It wasn't about the event. It wasn't about the flashing lights and the angels appearing. It wasn't about the music, the angels singing. If it was, they would have been satisfied. They weren't just there to spectate. They were there to be a part of. And so they said yes, and they went to go see and to experience it together and to share what the Lord and the angels said. It was relationship. I'm really pounding the relationship thing right now, but I really feel like in our culture, we have to start becoming way more intentional about our relationships with each other and about our relationship with our Savior. We're missing it. If we, and don't get me wrong, there, is, there are people who can't make it to church. It could be health reasons, it could be whatever. And having live stream is fantastic. 
It's awesome. It's a tool that God's provided, and we're going to use it. But don't let that become a substitute if you have the means to be here, to have relationship, to celebrate together with us, to worship God in a corporate setting, to have a fellowship meal, don't let sitting on your couch watching it on a screen be a substitute for the real thing. When you can be there, when you can experience it, when you can have relationship with each other, where you can have accountability, where you can praise each other, where you can have... Um, excitement and celebrations with each other and have victories and bear each other's burdens. Don't let the live stream thing be a substitute. Again, I really want to stress, there are people who can't make it, there are health issues, whatever it may be, I understand it's a tool we want to use. But if you can be here, if God is giving you the opportunity, say yes. Say yes. And then last but least, but not least, let me clarify, but not least, wait a minute, let's fix this right now. We're going to flip on over and we're going to take a look at the wise men. And this is specifically um, my heart cry in this area. We're going to jump on over to Matthew. Two, one through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Stop. So these individuals aren't individuals who had this huge, flashy, experience of angels showing up and telling them. These are individuals who have been watching the times. These are educated men. These are individuals who have studied, who have been looking, who have seen the warnings, seen the signs, and they were expecting something. This is my heart cry for the, the older generation. I've heard this many times, it really frustrates me, but I've heard a lot of people, you know, older than me, older than our youth, that go, oh, it was our season. We're gonna step back and let the younger generation come up. Okay, the younger generation's coming up and they're working, it's fantastic. But we need wisdom. We need the people who have been watching times we need the people who have had the experiences. We need the people who've seen the warnings. And we don't want you to step back and be hands off. We need you with us speaking into our lives. That's why I brought these guys up here. Because, again, you don't know what kind of impact you're having. You got the young guys that can jump up and they can do some of the, the, the work and get things done quick, fine. But we still need your wisdom. Stop stepping back. Stop, start stepping up and speaking into these guys' lives. You know, I bring this up to the kids all the time in youth group because it was a line that stuck with me. It's kind of funny. But off of a... Um, how to Train a Dragon. Who's seen the, the movie How to Train a Dragon? 
There's a line that I thought was really funny, and it's that the female Viking, when uh, Hiccup, the other Vikings, totally screwing everything up all the time, right? And she grabs me and she says, what's your problem? Our parents' war is about to become our own. Figure out what side you're on. These kids are stepping into a world, and there's a war going on. We need you. We need to be trained. We need you to speak into our life. We need you to show us the warnings. You have the experience. Help us. Don't step back. It's about relationship. This whole story is about relationship. Our Savior is here. We are celebrating that together. It's exciting. It's awesome. There's a reason we're here. This isn't just something we do in tradition. There's a purpose, and you're called to that purpose. Are you stepping up and saying yes? Are you like Mary that says, I'm your bondservant? Are you like Joseph who got up immediately and went to Mary? Are you like the shepherds who got excited and said, let's go see this Christ that's being born? Do you have that relationship? And let's take it a step further. Do you have that relationship with your Savior? If, if the concept of having a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Savior, is new to you, and you don't have that today, I really encourage you guys. We got amazing elders in this body. We got Steve and Joyce up here. They would love to speak to you, to pray with you. We got people in this body that care, that have poured out. I got Dan and Angie Modry over here. I swear, every time they come into the church, when they greet me, they care. They want to know what's going on. And they will sit there and they'll talk to you, and it's genuine. It's not an act. God is moving in this place. There is purpose in this place. We are here to celebrate our Savior's birth. Who's here to celebrate our Savior's birth? Exactly. Are we excited about our Savior? Exactly. So let's do that. Again, if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, talk to Steve or Joyce, find someone, pull them aside, and have that experience. Build that relationship. Um, again, I encourage you, um, after the service here, we have a fellowship meal. Um, it's a great time. Um, it's fantastic food. We encourage you guys to stay. Um, and you know what? We'll just close with prayer here. So, God, we just thank you. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you that you are all-powerful. God, that you are sovereign. Lord, that so many things, Lord, have absolutely nothing to do with our own selves, with our own performance, God, but it's your will and your purpose. And we glorify you and we thank you, Lord, that you've chosen to be here with us right now. I pray you'd bless everybody here. You'd fill us with your spirit. And Lord, that you'd lead us every day in relationship with you and with each other. And God, that we wouldn't step back in fear, but we'd step up in confidence. Because if we're called by you, if you've purposed us, we can walk that out and you will fulfill that. You will fulfill that promise that you don't abandon us. Would you walk with us every step of the way in the name of Jesus? And we just pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Can I come up here? <laughs> Just dismiss it. We're good. Okay, you're dismissed. <laughs> good. Good. Good.